0: An Abbey, ninth century Scotland, just after matins before dawn. Sister Ebba stood in the morning darkness peeling turnips for a stew. The Abbey was so cold she could see her own breath. As she slid her knife blade between the skin and the flesh, violet ribbons fell around her feet. Ebba listened to the sound of her sister's. Soon, never began to chop the turnips into perfect cubes. Never smaller than a fly. Chop. Never bigger than a chestnut. Chop. A rider approached, so faint, yet the clip of its gallop urgent somehow. And silence. She turned once more to her turnips. Never smaller than a tooth. Chop. Never bigger than a brooch. Chop. that was again strange Ebba squared her knife and continued her pulse quickening never smaller than a knuckle chop Ebba continued to chop never bigger than an ear chop Ebba gripped her knife and listened
1: Sister Ebba they're coming
0: Ebba looked down at her knife she opened the door and raced past the messenger down the corridor the kitchen was still. The fire on the stove gently crackled. The curls of turnip skin lay peacefully on the floor. Then nothing. A shriek ripped through the morning fog, followed by fifty more. Nose job! Presented by Lightning Rod Special, written by Lee Minora and Scott R. Shepard, directed by Nell Bang Jensen, created by Nell Bang Jensen, Lee Manora, Matteo Scamell, and Scott R. Shepard, with sound design by Kathy Ravuna. Team meeting. A university locker room, 21st century America, just before 3 p.m. Right now! Hey! Get out of there! While assistant coach Harmon corralled his players, a young woman named Devon Chase sat upon a rolling stool wrapping the purple ankle of a tight end named Maurice. Roll, rotate, rip, press. Anyone in the bathroom? It's the
2: wrong time for a deuce, Jakey. Let's go. Coach wants to talk to you guys ASAP. A
0: master of the double heel lock. Okay, try to move your foot. Is that tight enough? Devin Chase was the first female student ever awarded the Hunter Athletic Scholarship, which allowed her to spend six months as a physical trainer for the university football team. Roll, rotate, rip, press. Coach Keep on the floor. right now!
3: Cut the shit! Practice is canceled!
0: Devin placed a final piece of tape on Maurice's ankle and ducked into the adjoining trainer's office. Through the closed door, she tried to listen to the conversation that followed. What is Barry? Anyone?
3: Tumbo, are you a comedian? Wipe that fucking smirk off your face. No, Tumbo, you got something to say. You speak up. What's Barry? It's, um... It's like a game. Let's have it. What is it? What's a berry? <laughs> it's not a berry, it's just berry. B U R Y, like a dog buries a bone.
2: A dog buries a bone?
3: When you're with your friends, somebody can call out berry, like a surprise. And when berry is invoked, you have to put your face in the, um, the breast region of the nearest girl. Breast region? Her boobs. Or the butt. Yeah, technically you can bury on a butt, too. Wow, what a relief. You hear that, coach? You can bury on a butt. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you guys have had a lot of fun, because thanks to your little bury game, Bobby is suspended from division play for the rest of the month. What?
0: Was it worth it? Devin felt the energy in the room shift. Averaging over five yards per carry, Bobby was the team's star running back. A shoe in for the all-conference. The entire offense revolved around him. She stepped closer to the door, trying to catch every word. When you act like
3: an asshole, you get treated like one. Why risk it? This is the biggest weekend of your life. Huge weekend, coach. And you are throwing it away. Throwing it out. Guys, we have got a very small bench this year. In August, what did I say? I said no injuries. Keep the grades up. We cannot afford to lose our top halfback days before AUC. It I mean, playoffs it are around the corner. And now we got to put a freshman who, who weighs 150 pounds in at halfback. He doesn't even know the goddamn plays.
2: No offense, Jakey.
3: It's not his fault. But now we can't run the ball because, I mean, we can't give the ball to Jakey. Freshmen have been working with a different playbook. Congratulations. We just became the most predictable team in the conference. Seniors, I'm looking at you right now, you know?
2: You're the example. There's peewee kids at home looking up to you
3: guys wearing your jerseys. You want to be a scandal on Facebook? Are you guys completely tone deaf? You're making a game of grabbing women without their permission? You want to grow up a misogynist? With the patriarchy? Tommy, do not look at me like that. I'm going to smack the face off your face. You want sexual misconduct on your resume? You want sexual assault on there, too? Look, we know that guys are going to goof around in the Cowl locker snapping, room, okay? We're a family in here, know. and that kind of stuff Wrestling, is fine. we get it. But when you bring women into it's this... touchy stuff. I want you to hold yourselves to the highest standards possible. Every woman you meet, I want you to imagine it is your sister... Mm-hmm. Or your mother. Or an aunt. (laughs) Do you understand? Crystal. Coach. And if there is a young lady whose body you would like to touch or be involved with in a romantic, physical way, you don't just Mm -hmm. grab her. You don't have a friend yell out a catchphrase. You proceed with respect and Mm -hmm. caution. Okay? So instead of practice today, we're going to learn Coachie's rules of consent. Mm -hmm. C-O-C-E. Coachie's rules.
0: Oh off. As a front. She fumbled through her bag and silenced the call,
3: quickly switching the mode to do not disturb. Clear. Ongoing. Coherent and enthusiastic. Coachy, Coach and I are going to take you through an example right now. Awesome. Okay, gentlemen, pay attention. I'm you, and Assistant Coach Harmon here is going to be the romantic interest. Yes, sir. Wonderful. Stand over here, Coach. Right, you got a Coach. All right, and guys, this is after the date. It's at the end of the night. Coach... I've had a really nice time tonight. I really enjoyed spending the evening with you. The dinner was out of this world. I agree. And I really like you. I really like you, too. Would you like to come up to my room? Yeah. Coach, I'd like that. Great. Welcome to my room. Well, this is a clean room. Thank you. And, uh, Coach, I'm going to call you uh, Linda starting now. All right? Perfect love of Linda. So, Linda, I have a lot of fun with you. And I, you. Okay. Linda's demonstrating clear and enthusiastic signs of enjoying this situation right now. Be present, guys. Am I leaning in? That's Am I right. leaning out? Oh, look. Linda's touching my wrist. That's data. And it's nice. That's nice. That's really
2: nice, guys. Maybe I can
3: hold her, right? Maybe I can bring her towards you. Yes,
2: me. Coach. It's nice to bring a girl towards
3: you when that's what she wants. Okay. Hey. I'm enjoying this. Okay. Let's say Coach and I start kissing. Thought you'd never ask. So, we're kissing up here, and my hand is down here. Hey, that feels good. Gentle. I like that. I'm kissing the neck. See? Feels great, coach. I'm caressing the hair.
2: That's beautiful.
3: How's this? You know, I love the way that your hair feels.
2: No, thanks. just started using a new conditioner.
3: I love the way that it looks. I feel like
2: being really sensitive to my body and
3: it's making my body tingle. I'm so turned on by you right now. Me too. I have protection. Does that sound okay to you? I'm on the pill, but yeah, I would really appreciate a little extra protection. That makes a lot of sense. I want that too. And hey, listen to me. I really want to do this with you, but I also want you to know we can stop at any time, okay? Are you comfortable? Yes. You want to lie down? sure can we turn the lights off let me get the lights is it okay if i take my shirt off you do whatever you want you want me to hang it up? no i want you to throw it on the floor let me throw it on the floor then <laughs> you want to help me with these jeans if you want me to i will
2: yeah i want you to take them off I can do that. You're going to have to pull hard because they're on tight. Yeah,
3: you like them tight, don't you?
2: I like them off. I know you do. You know I do, huh? Yeah,
3: I do. All well, right, what are you going to do now? I'm going to make you bite that pillow. Make me bite it, then. Put that pillow in your mouth.
0: Devin pressed her ear against the cold door, but she could no longer make out their words. Their voices descended into an indecipherable whisper. She tried to Crack opened the door, but the lineman was still leaning the bulk of his weight against it. Devin couldn't get it to budge. For several minutes, she heard nothing, until suddenly the team this is began what to you clap, want, right? and the coaches That's grew loud.
3: That's right. cool. You understand? Thank you, coach. You don't bounce your heads off cleavage like some horny 13-year-olds. No. You want to build up meaningful trust so you can forge intimacy and experiment together with each other's bodies. That's coaching. Beautiful, coach. Beautiful. And that is the kind of passion and vulnerability I want from this team. Barry is for babies. And it ends today. Is that understood? Yes, yes sir. sir. Hands in. Hands in. Let's come back here tomorrow ready to focus on the weekend. One, two, three. Hard, hard work. work. Oh, oh. boom. Oh.
0: Later that evening, at the Golf Pros and Tennis hose party, Devon had just slammed a shot of warm vodka out of a cut-in-half tennis ball when her friends Laura and Samantha pulled her into a bathroom. Laura's lily Pulitzer polo was besmirched by an enormous purple stain. In a few minutes, the color would set. Jesus Christ! Is there a
4: towel? Girl, I'm checking. Brand new shirt, fucking ruined. Give me it. I paid for overnight here. shipping. I can
1: get stains out of literally anything.
4: Devin, close the door. I'm in a brawl over here. Are we doing blow? Not no, why would I not take my shirt blow. off to do coke? Oh, Oh my god. I don't know. For a clean surface. That literally makes no <laughs> sense. Oh, fucking it. Okay, <clears throat> Craig buried on her. No, what happened was I was holding my drink, and Craig was next to me, and then some asshole said Barry and and Craig fucking shoved his misshapen head in my tits. And I spilled my vodka crayon all over my shirt.
1: Laura, I'll get it out. <laughs> no,
4: it's ruined. And it's like, do you have 80 bucks, Craig? Because you don't. Know, you're on financial aid.
1: <laughs> Laura!
4: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Oh, it's God. inappropriate. <laughs> so true. Bobby got suspended from the team for burying. Wait, what? Yep. Seriously?
1: Because of Barry?
4: Good. This is what I've been talking about. It's gone too far, right? 100%. And the school agrees. That's why Bobby's expelled or suspended or... Which is it, Devin? Yeah, no, it's weird. No, Devin, is he suspended or... Uh, yes, suspended.
1: Idiots! It's like, boys meet
5: social skills, social skills meet boys. Yeah, we're so fucking digital right now, too.
1: Oh my god, that's such a good point. It's all, you up, send me news. (laughs) They do not have an in-person skill set, and they're desperate for it. Like, the science is clear, we need human touch. Like, babies die if you don't pick them up.
4: Except these aren't babies, they're grown-ass adults. Totally, That's true.
1: You know what I wish? That you got
4: the HPV shot sooner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bitch, no, no, no. I just wish that your brother had worn a condom. Oh my fucking
6: god.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 okay. I wish that we had our own Barry. Whoa. Say that again. Right? What if we
4: buried on them? (sighs) How are we gonna fucking bury on them? Are we going to shove our faces in their dicks? That's oh, going to be a nightmare. No. I don't want to put my face in their sweaty balls. Or no, their stinky you. butts. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Gross. Oh, my God.
4: Samantha, Jack.
1: <laughs> what? Jack doesn't have a stinky butt, but I'm just saying. Ew. Wow. Samantha. Samantha. What are, you, what are you
4: doing with him? He
1: cleans it, okay? He knows I'll do stuff if he cleans it. Oh. Actually, I respect that. I Mm -hmm. fucking respect that. Yeah, you better.
4: (laughs) Did he, like, beg you?
1: Actually, I was the one that suggested butt stuff to him, and that felt really strong. Oh, Okay,
4: good for you. Wow, you need trust for
1: that. And lube. Absolutely. If you are grown enough to do butt stuff, then you're grown enough to walk into CVS in the daylight and get lube. But they won't. That's always going to fall to us. That's some Mrs. Dalloway shit.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe the reverse berry could be kind of radical. At least in theory. But it's like. What? I don't know. What does a reverse berry even look like? Good question. Wait. Wh- what about pantsing?
1: Yeah. Pantsing? Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh?
4: What should we call it? What's the opposite of burying? Like. <gasps> (gasps) Emerging? Excavating? Right, right, right,
5: right,
4: right, right. right. Or
1: Holy Grail.
4: Holy Grail? Holy Grail is good. Yeah.
1: Oh, wait, I don't know. It kind of puts their dick on a pedestal. Oh, okay, yeah,
4: not that. I like excavating because it's more like... Gross. Yeah, (laughs) like what's down here? Could be trash, could be treasure. (laughs) Like mining. Gold (gasps) mining. Oh my god. Gold mining. Gold mining is fucking funny. That is fucking funny. And if it's the bad one, you call out tin dick. And if it's a good dick, you say gold nugget. <laughs> Panning for gold.
1: Panning for gold. Yes, Devin.
4: Wait, wait. Pantsing for gold. <gasps> Pantsing for gold. for gold. Yes. For gold. Definitely. Definitely. Oh my <laughs> God. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go downstairs right now. When I say gold rush, Samantha, you pants the nearest guy. <laughs> so then fucking Devin, funny. <laughs> Devin, you decide if it's a tin dick or a gold nugget. Okay.
1: Should we go try it right now? Yeah. Right now, right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. So when do I yell out tin dick? Like yeah if just it yelling weird, it out let's or... go let's do it all right I'll, just, it. I'll go with my gut. Okay, this is gonna be fun but maybe we need to
4: tell more girls about it first yeah I, and we will but i think tonight is the night that we introduce it yeah this is like the soft launch oh my God. <laughs> soft launch so funny yeah it's okay funny. let's go samantha are you coming oh, hold up i'm
1: i love this i think i still have questions
4: I feel like the best thing to do is just do a beta run and we can learn yeah, yeah, from yeah, that. Yeah, no. And then I'm, just I'm, okay, as needed. It's going to evolve this naturally and
1: like anyway. It was my idea. I'm a freaking genius. But, like, I think we should just slow down, take a breath, and, like, ask the right questions. You know what I mean?
4: No. What do you mean? Like, what do we want? What do you mean, what do we want? Like,
1: do we want to pants for gold? Like, will we
4: enjoy it? I might. I might like it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It feels
1: like we might be rushing this. <laughs> yeah, 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 I could see that.
4: Maybe something's missing? Okay, okay, okay. What if there's, like, a like a photo element to it? Like, first we pants them, and then we snap a pic. Oh, yeah, maybe.
1: And then, like, I guess we could do stuff with them? I mean, with the pics. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Like, we put them all over campus, or, like... Send the pics to their moms. <gasps> I feel like something with moms is good, you mm-hmm, guys. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mean, though.
1: Oh, it is kind of mean.
4: Okay. It's a first idea. We don't have to take pics, but I do think we should keep incubating, panting for gold, because I really like where it's going.
1: Totally. I think it just needs shaping. You know, maybe we can circle back to it after the
0: weekend. That sounds good. Okay. Cool. The girls inspected the polo once more. It was ruined. Devon took the yellow cardigan that was tied around her shoulders and gave it to Laura, who put it on. As Laura checked herself in the mirror, Devon reached over and unbuttoned the top button. It looks
5: cuter like that.
0: Then the three girls left the bathroom, stepping over an impromptu putting contest in the hallway, and rejoined the revelry in the common room downstairs. following morning, Devon was snug in her extra-long twin bed. She rolled from her side to her back, flexing and pointing her feet. Her mind caught in that tenuous place between asleep and awake. Cloistered in the warmth of her jersey duvet, she could still feel the dream on her skin. It felt good. She moved her hand from her sheet to herself and began to rub. She neither rushed nor indulged, letting the dream wash over her in waves. As the pleasure increased, she repositioned her hand and felt her pelvis rise to meet it. When she reached her favorite part of her favorite scene, she replayed it, stretching it out as long as she could. Then she climaxed, grabbed her glasses from the nightstand, and scrolled through her phone. Thirty minutes later, Devin was making her way through the quad, holding a burnt cup of coffee with too much milk. She regretted not getting a bagel before her two-hour medieval imaginations class, but it was too late now. She pushed open the door to Larson Lecture Room B, just as Professor Mullaney was telling the story of St. Ebba. Professor Mullaney was a passionate medievalist who consistently pulled 4.8 stars on Rate by Professor. She owned a terrier named Machiavelli, whom she took for long walks without a leash. Devin tried to find her seat without interrupting.
6: Devin!
3: Thank you for joining
6: us. Ah, Love when a student comes late to my class with a fresh cup of coffee. Uh, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm jealous. Okay, Doug, you can continue.
3: Um, no, that's it. Just that St. Ebba lived in Coldingham, Scotland, 870 A.D. And, yeah, she was a total boss. Like, 40 nuns answered to her.
6: Yeah, Ebba was the abbess of this cult.
3: My
2: cousin was in a cult.
6: Ooh, sorry to hit a nerve there, Tater. Cult did mean something different in 870. This was a convent.
2: It's okay. She's fine now.
6: Wonderful. So... We know these abbeys are pretty progressive communities, relatively speaking. I mean, these nuns are reading, writing, singing, farming. (laughs) This sounds like me in the 60s. So cloistered life comes with a lot of restrictions, but it also comes with a lot of autonomy. But what happens next? Hey, Devin, you with us? Yep. uh, The Vikings arrive. Yes! The Vikings. So what's their story? Laura. Laura.
4: Okay, so buckle up. This is the Viking diaspora, Mm. right? They're coming from Scandinavia. They're going to steal shit. They're going to murder people. And they are going to rape these nuns. Which, Mm. hang on, no. Because for nuns, rape is especially bad. Mm. Because they believe if they have sex, they go to hell.
6: (laughs) Even if it's rape. Which is insane. But that's Catholicism. (laughs) Classic. Oh, no argument there. So what actually happened? Go ahead. Devin, you don't have to raise your hand, honey. We're having a conversation. uh, Okay, cool. Uh, So
5: the Vikings are coming, and it's going to be really bad. So the head nun, Eva, comes up with this plan. Mm -hmm. She takes a knife, but... She doesn't use it to fight the Vikings, like you might think she would. She uses it to cut off her nose. Yes. Then she gets all the other nuns together, and she helps them cut off their noses. And when the Vikings arrive and they see all these disfigured nuns, they're, like, repulsed.
6: So none of the nuns get raped. Mm, And her plan works. Sex and torture always in the same breath. It is the Catholic way. (laughs) So these nuns retain their virginal status brava they're granted passage to heaven abba becomes a famous saint i mean we are talking beyonce level fame <laughs> pilgrims oh, traveling hundreds of miles just so they can be close to her dead body wow and yeah, I would. some scholars say this is where we get the phrase to cut off your nose to spite your face
2: oh, oh my my no way Gosh. that's so crazy i, I
4: love that. that that's so <laughs> <laughs> inspiring oh my god inspiring is yeah. it? Why? Yeah, because
2: she cut off her freaking nose. She's like a feminist and a nun.
4: Oh, my God. Okay, so by that logic, if I have a cute ass, I should cut it off? <laughs> oh, Thank you. This God. is like the opposite of feminism, Laura, am I'm I right?
2: Complete. No one is asking you to cut off your butt.
4: <laughs> Listen, I'm saying she's not a feminist. Mm. Feminism isn't measured by how, how much you can disfigure your body. Excuse ben, me. Wait,
6: who are they actually doing this for? Right? Oh, yeah, Devin. <sighs> who are they doing this for? Well...
5: They're doing this for Jesus and for God, who is who is a dude, right? right. Who is a dude, uh, right? Yes, who well, is a guy? Wait, so, wait, don't so don't isn't that just?
3: Actu- I don't know if they actually thought of Jesus as a dude or not, or if they thought of him as more no, of a spirit as a guy. I or, think they, they thought of him as a guy. guy, guy because, because, thank yes, you, a guy. They would say, "Our Father and His only Son." Well, yeah, but, but that's kind of the mystery of the Trinity. We don't really yeah.
6: understand the mystery of the yeah, Trinity. Yeah, yeah, but wait, no, keep going. Who is framing the story? God. No. More literally, who is in control of the storytelling at this time? The monks, right? I mean, they're writing our primary sources. Many of my colleagues believe that Ebba's story didn't even really happen, that she's just a composite version of the eighth century saints that we talked about last week. Wait, so the monks just made all this up? Yeah, brace (sighs) yourselves. a bunch of white men get together, uh, made up a story okay. to make money. Folks, the reason these stories crazy. are so graphic and salacious is to capture the imagination mm-hmm. of their followers. Why? I mean, this is a relic economy. More pilgrims means more money and more money oh, means power, more power. power. Uh, power. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Have you seen Law & Order SVU? They're stealing a page right out of the ninth century handbook. So, yeah.
3: I do think that's starting to change though.
6: These stories have been baked into our culture for thousands of years. What makes you think we're so special? (laughs) Yeah, this is just ninth century trauma porn. Well,
3: I mean, Mm. at least the church acknowledged rape even happened and made Ebba a saint for it. Okay, except
4: she's the saint for victim blaming. Yeah, she's like the reason I have to pay for an Uber during a price surge. Okay, yeah, the only reason we know about this story is because of her nose.
6: The nose. I don't
3: don't think that's true. I think what she did was heroic.
5: Well, what if these nuns hadn't cut off their noses, and they'd just been raped? Would that make Eva less heroic?
6: Maybe. No. Oh my God. This God. story is just a taste of the medieval imagination! <laughs> At
0: that moment, Professor Mullaney went off on a tangent about St. Catherine of Alexandria, who was so pure that when they cut off her head, she bled milk instead of blood. Devon's mind wandered as she reached into her bag and found her chapstick tin she greased her finger ran it along her lips and the peppermint made them tingle later that night Devon met up with Samantha at a house party off campus where she listened to an electro pop band called Tinsel play until 2am tired and drunk she decided to take respite in Samantha's living room. The next day, she rolled herself off Samantha's futon at noon, sweaty and gross. She found her shoes in a houseplant and began to walk home. She decided to take a pleasant diversion by way of the campus nature trail. Once in the contemplative solitude of the half mile loop, she lit a half-finished joint she found in her pocket and let her thoughts wander to the dream she'd been having. It rankled her, this dream. It made her... It doesn't rankle me. Devon argued with herself about whether the dream rankled her or not as she scrambled past a boulder in the path... I'm, I'm not arguing with myself. Devon was determined not to argue with herself, but she couldn't help it. For all of her intelligent observations about feminism, she couldn't bear the Okay, could you please stop doing that? Absolutely. You just keep telling me what I think, and it's obnoxious. Okay. Shall I ask you questions instead?
5: Yeah, you can ask me questions. Just don't answer them for me.
0: Very well. Okay. When did it start for you? The dream? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. A month ago? And could you say what happens in this dream? Okay, well,
5: I'm at practice. Football practice? Yeah, and the guys, the, um, players, are running drills. Like, just smashing the, uh, dummy. Like, smash, smash. And then one of them will come over to the, um sideline and he'll take off his helmet. A helmet with little clods of turf wedged in the face mask. And you know how some of them do that thing with their eyes? Like like they mark below their eyes with a little makeup? Eye black? Yeah, yeah. I love eye black. Not like when they go crazy with it, just a little bit. A tasteful amount. Yeah. And his hair is really short. You know, like almost, almost Military, Like, maybe an inch on top, but nothing on the sides. Except
0: one time it was long. Mmm,
5: yes, really long. Like a mane. And then he walks past me and stops at this keg. A cold keg of natty light. Yeah, and he pumps the pump really hard, like ten times. Then he just lets it go and it slowly rises up. Then he takes the nozzle and holds it to his cup with one hand and flicks it up like nonchalant. And while he's filling his cup, he kind of looks at me and I'm like, is he looking at me
0: or is he not? Because he's always looking just over your shoulder.
5: And I'm like, me? But he doesn't answer. Then he chugs his beer, crushes his cup, drops it on the ground and walks away into the locker room. And I follow him in there. And it smells like... Grass, and feet, and... Cheap cologne. Mm, yeah. And then... You look for him. And when I find him, he still has his shoulder pads on, but his football pants are off. He's holding them. And he's just sitting there in his boxer briefs. Then he
0: pulls the little foam pads out of his pants and smells them like a puppy discovering something. Then he looks up, and he sees you. And he stands up. He reaches out, and two of his fingers are body-taped. I taped
5: them. And then he puts his hand on the waistband of my jeans, and tugs me, you know, like, come here. And he kind of scoot walks me over to his locker, which is open, and I kind of bang into it a little bit. And then he kind of lifts me up so that I'm sitting in there on this, like,
0: shelf part. And he lifts his hand and pushes a little slip of hair behind your ear. And then his fingers really gently, like
5: I can barely feel them, go down my neck and my chest until he finds the first button of my shirt. And he unbuttons it with
0: one hand.
5: Then he moves on to the next. He does all of them like that, slowly, but like skillfully. Unless it's a V-neck, right? <laughs> Sometimes I'm wearing a V-neck. Then he just rips it open, which is kind of exciting. But then I'm also like, no shirt. Should. And then, then I'm just in a bra. And he um, he looks me right in the eyes. And he says, Mary. Kind of like a question, but kind of not. Yes. And I just give him a look. And he knows the answer. Yeah, he knows. And then he just does it. He presses his face into my breasts. What does it feel like? It's warm. His breath, I mean, and I feel his nose sort of moving around, his stubble scratches my chest. And when he's doing it, I can smell his hair and it smells nice, like boy shampoo. That usually goes on for a while and I just kind of wait. Then he lifts up his head and his face is sort of sleepy and pink. Then he gives me a little kiss on the lips, kind of like a thank you. And then he says, I gotta practice. And then he runs out of the room. Mm. And... that's the dream. Yes, it is. Mm, I guess so. What's wrong? I, I, I don't know. It's just not the kind of fantasy I'd hoped for myself.
0: Oh, I thought you liked it. Is it the dirty locker room? No,
5: no, the locker room is fine. Dirty is fine. I'm not a prude. I know. No, I've I've done freaky shit.
0: Oh, I know.
5: It's just like, have a little vision, you know? I'm disappointed in my subconscious. Is this really what gets me off? It's like if better homes and gardens wrote erotica. Hmm,
0: hmm. I think you should just enjoy your fantasy. (sighs) But where did it come from? It came from you. Or, or,
2: hear
5: me out, maybe it snuck in. Uh, what do you mean, snuck in? I don't know. Maybe it was planted there by monks.
0: Clever. Trust me, this fantasy is all yours. How do you know? I'm a narrator. And, as a
5: narrator, you know everything?
0: I don't know everything... I'm third-person omniscient.
5: Hmm. What am I thinking about right now?
0: You think I might be a monk.
5: Are you? No. Is that your real voice? Yes. Okay, what am I thinking about right now?
0: Hmm. You're imagining two Vikings. Yeah. And just so you know, Vikings weren't that dirty. Oh, okay. Thanks? Okay, no, well... Okay, that's too clean. Okay, well, I was just trying to... See, now you're just imagining Alexander Skarsgård. All right, all right. Well, I don't know what they look like. Yes, you do. You're standing on a heath just after Vespers before dusk. The Scottish landscape stretches in all directions... ...except to the east, where it's swallowed by the foamy tongues of a black grey sea. You see two Vikings digging a pit. As beads of sweat run down their skin, they unfasten their fur cloaks. The taller Viking sets down his spade and shakes the dirt from his rough, calloused hands. He squints into the setting sun takes a swig of mead from his horn, and begins to speak.
3: Okay, here's the situation. Hey, you with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. You are the age that you are right now. And, you know, you are the body that you are right now. And Gotcha, just me right now. Yeah, it's just you. So, basically, my question is, mm-hmm. how many eight-year-olds could you take yeah. before they overcame you? In, in strength and power. But, but okay, here's the thing. You're in an open area. <sighs> okay, like a field? Yeah, or a glade. Uh, and the okay. eight-year-olds are coming at you in, like, a steady stream. Okay, like, in other words, running? Yeah, yeah, let's say they're running at you. So, they're right. just little kids...
2: You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they're attacking me with whatever yes. things that they know, like whatever skills yeah. and stuff? Uh, yeah,
3: but they have no weapons. I mean, I mean, they have their own bodies as weapons, uh, but they haven't been given, right. like, tiny crossbows or spearlets or anything. So. Okay, interesting. So they're on top of me, like, collapsing me well, and strangling me. I mean, <laughs> that and... could happen if you become that desperate. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, uh, okay, okay. So how many would it
2: take? Before they kill you. Uh... Before they kill me, yes. can I climb a tree? There are no trees to climb. I can climb it. No trees to climb. Okay, just
3: grass. Yeah, just grass. And the thing is, they're coming at you from all angles. This is a steady stream. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I know that. Uh, well, but do you? Like, there's nowhere to, like, d- don't think about this as an evasion strategy. Like, oh, or some psychological, how could I trick them? This is just. Okay, I have to
2: confront correct. these children.
3: How many of them could you take? Okay.
2: God. uh, I feel like not more than 10.
3: 10? Wait, 10? Oh, my God. I feel like (laughs) probably. What? No, no, no. What? You could take more than 10? You're not a. Look, look. I feel like I could take 100. (laughs) What? A 100. Yes, I feel like if everything 100. was on the line, I could eliminate 108 year olds before they got me. 100? 100? Yeah! So no. no, I would do it. What? Okay, no. Wait. no. They're coming at me from all angles. First, I would get very animal. You know, I would get down and I would yell. Uh, I would say, hey, you get out of here! Hey, right, right, right. You know, and I, I would swing okay. my fists around in a circle at their face level. I mean, these are little kids. One hundred.
2: Their brains. Their brains aren't balloons. No, they aren't I, vegetables. <laughs> Devon laughed to herself as she listened to the Vikings, forgetting
5: for a moment where she was. Stop. Just be quiet. Okay. Do you think they can hear us?
2: Don't worry so much. Just listen. Look, it's basically like taking your fists and slamming them into into stones, okay. like into skulls. No. Then, like, then, then what you break. end up doing or is they'll you become
3: extremely up, bruised. You pick up a small one and you start using it as a weapon. But that's a fifty-pound You pick weapon. a small one and you use it by swinging it around at the other kids. <gasps> you so you're still swinging an unwilling human being. You have a kid, right? Yes, I have a young boy, actually. Right. Okay. i never met him. But no, I still clearly. understand right. his But trust me, you couldn't th- do that for very long. Okay, okay. Well, let's just say you do get 20 of them. Or a modest 10. Now you've got 10? a ring of bodies. And you can begin to create a barrier of children that the other children have to crawl over. A barricade. So now, as they're crawling what? over, you give you them a pop right in the face, right? Pop! With the turn! Kids, pop! You've
2: Turn! Oh my friend. You will get so weary. This is a steady stream. They are going to swallow you up so fast.
3: Their mass is my advantage. You have to use their bodies. You make mounds of children, walls of them. Mounds of children. Tassels of children. It's sad how wrong you are. You have no imagination. You have a fool's imagination. No, you're forgetting the theater of it. You scare them as you pop them. You make a show of it. Um, Right? Uh-huh. So, what? If I scare
2: them, will they eventually run away?
3: They can never run away.
2: <laughs> they can never run away? So They can never run away. They can never be deterred from their task, but there will be thousands of frightened children just charging forever?
3: I mean, at some point you have to sleep, and that's probably when they'll get you.
2: No, you're going down well before you fall asleep.
3: Uh, Maybe.
2: (laughs) Oh, that is (laughs) exhausting. That sounds awful, just pounding the life out of these eight-year-olds.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, my God, I'm exhausted just thinking about it.
3: Well, that's fair. It was a long day. Yeah, too long. You still like all this?
2: What do you mean, all this?
3: I don't know. Like, being a Viking?
2: Oh, I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's all I know. You know, my father was a famous Viking, and his was father a was a famous Viking.
3: Viking. Great fucking
2: Viking. Uh, I don't always love it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, of course.
2: Uh, but also, like, I have been forged by my time and place. You know, like, I'm going to do the best I can, but I have been forged. Right. Right. There are things that I would improve.
3: Yeah. Wait. Do you mean change the Viking culture from within? I don't know what I mean. <laughs> and, and frankly, I
2: like the camaraderie. I like the adventure, the dragon boats. Yeah. But sometimes, I don't know. What? Today was tough. Yeah. You saw their faces? Yeah, I I saw them.
3: You know they did that to themselves? I know. To
2: their own faces?
3: I know. It's messed up. Well... What?
2: I don't know. Might be nice to see a day when there are no more Vikings.
3: Are you serious? Maybe. But you're the paragon of a Viking. No, I'm not. Yes, you are.
0: Look, I don't know what I'm saying. Devin walks over to where the Vikings are standing. Wait, why am I walking over to them? I don't know. Maybe to say hi? Maybe you could say something about the eight-year-olds. Respond in the moment. I don't have anything to say about the eight-year-olds. How many do you think they could take?
5: (laughs) I, I don't care how many they could take. If there are that many eight-year-olds, they're going down fast. It's just math.
0: That's good. Say that. Go ahead.
5: Uh, okay. Okay. So, I walk towards the Vikings, but they don't notice me at first because they're still talking. So, I wave. And when they see me, they start to, like, freak out. They put their hands up in front of their faces and start to tremble. One of them falls to his knees, like he's praying or something. And that's when I notice I'm wearing all this gold and armor. Oh, yeah, and and I have this really pretty helmet on with these, like, sculpted red feathers.
0: That's lovely.
5: And when I start to speak, this light shoots out of my mouth, and it, like, immediately turns them both to stone. And I'm like... Oh shit, so I I walk over to them to see if it's really stone or if it's just, I don't know, imitation stone, but it's real. I even touch one of their beard tails and it just falls off his face like an icicle. So then I'm just standing there with these two terrified statues and I turn around and I'm all alone. So, I walk along the heath for a little while, and I drink some of the mead they left behind, and in the distance, I see this, like, church or castle. There's smoke coming out of it, and it has this terrible smell. So I decide not to go over there. Finally, I end up walking towards the sea. Oh, and whenever I look at the ocean, I play this little game in my head where I I try to predict if there's gonna be a big wave or a small wave. I'm okay at it, but like, it's hard. (laughs) Sometimes six or seven big waves come right in a row, and I'm like, alright, the next one definitely has to be small, but then it won't be. It'll be even bigger. Then there'll be no big waves for a really long time. So I'm looking out at the water, I feel the sand below my feet. I scrunch my toes around in it. Then I close my eyes and I try to put my thoughts on nothing at all, just to see if I can. But as soon as I do, I think, little wave, and I open my eyes to see if I'm right, and it's just like this wall of water when I open them. I'm wrong. It's like the biggest wave I've ever seen and it's going to break right on top of me. So I take the deepest breath I can and I hold my nose.
0: Nose Job is presented by Lightning Rod Special as a part of Soundbreak, a series of original audio works. Nose Job was written by Lee Minora and Scott R. Shepherd, directed by Nell Bang Jensen, created by Nell Bang Jensen, Lee Minora, Matteo Scammel, and Scott R. Shepherd, with sound design by Kathy Ravuna. The Role of Devin, performed by Annette Hammond. Laura, performed by Lee Minora. Samantha, performed by Kathy Ang. Professor Mullaney, performed by Melanie Finister. Assistant Coach Harmon, Tater and Viking, performed by Matteo Scammell. Coach, Doug and Viking, performed by Scott R. Shepard. And the narrator performed by Leah Walton that's me the creative producer for No's Job was Mason Rosenthal. special thanks to the Drama League and to Alex Bechtel Mark Valenzuela and Nathaniel Kent for their guest performances the Soundbreak team is Lauren Lacroix project manager J. Shell Johnson sound supervisor Jesse Armine, graphic designer, and Lightning Rod Special co-directors Mason Rosenthal, Scott R. Shepard, and Alice York. Lightning Rod Special makes live performance from the ground up. For more information about this production or Lightning Rod Special, visit www.lightningrodspecial.com. Bye-bye now. I'm not a monk.